From an early age, Joey was completely enamored by playing the drums. I've played drums since I was probably 12 or 13 years old. I got my first drum set my 13th birthday, and I was just like, this is what I'm doing with my life. Like, all I wanted to do was play my drum set from age, like, 13 to 17, 18. It was just like, I'm just going to get as good as I can at drumming and see how far I can take it. And now that he's got this medium to connect with people through music, he spent the last couple of years traveling back roads of South America, living in Africa for a time, and more recently starting a ground-up spoken word music project called Flight of the Maya. He recently released a music video of him performing his first single, Illusion, off the EP he recorded up in rural Tennessee. This video gained more than 26,000 views within the past month or so. And banking off of the success, Joey even gets recognized at the Starbucks in Fort Myers that he works at. This is a pretty big deal, considering this project only started about the end of this summer. With both of us being native Floridians, we chatted about what it means to be born and raised in the 239. We talked about humanitarian efforts and stories from his broad travels. This interview took some very deep and interesting turns, so we're doing a first for Vocal. This is going to be a two-part episode, so stay tuned for more next week. Today on Full Pulp, we're going to be exploring the complex life of a traveler turned slam poet and maybe find out some meaning to life. Who knows for sure? I was joined this week by co-host and writer for Eagle News, Katie Feel, who played a key role in filling in the questions that I missed. So, mad respect to Katie. She's going to be the female voice in this interview. Hashtag diversity, hashtag feminism. So, how's Flight of the Maya going right now? Um, what... Introduce yourself. Yeah. I'd, I'd like you to introduce yourself and then tell me a little rundown about Flight of the Maya, yeah. how it started. Kind of keep it short or just roll with Do it. Whatever, whatever happens. Do whatever you want. Whatever I'm feeling. Just make right. sure the mic somewhat gets your... Like it's getting you good right like now. Like a meerkat? But he's so chill. You can... Sit up like you a can, meerkat. He says everything's ground. <laughs> <laughs> like a meerkat. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. You don't have to do that. Pop up like a meerkat. You don't have to do that. Just just hang. So my name's Joey Jennings. Mm -hmm. I'm born and raised right here in the 239, which is uh, very rare. Are you from the 239? I'm from 239. Dude, respect. Bros. You helped me move into my house. Do you remember that? With Tony? Oh, yeah. That's yeah, the yeah. only time my family met you. No, but isn't it true that if people aren't from here and they find out you're born and raised here, that they look at you like a zoo animal? They're like, you're from here? Yeah. No one's from here. <laughs> They're like, so, I'm yeah. sorry. Like, you overhear them saying, like, I feel bad for people who are from here. But then there's, and like, like, right like my Uber driver today mm -hmm. talked about Fort Myers like it was literally, like, the promised land. You know what I mean? Like, I've lived all over, and now I retired here, and it's the weather, and it's the best thing ever. So you get, like... The millennials who are like, oh, I'm so sorry, and then you get like, the the retirees who are like, this is the holy grail. Yeah. <laughs> with every like millennial, with every like millennial that like feel like they're we're all trying to get out to some degree, and it's yeah. like, oh yeah, we we just gotta get out. Man. Yeah. Well, where do you fall in on that spectrum? I fall in. I don't see myself here forever, but I believe like wherever my two feet are planted, I want to make the most of it. So, if I am. 
I think that like if if something is lacking somewhere, then we can create it. And I have good friends here. Even like I think about like Jesus Nunez and Malik and people who are creators, and will put on events and seek to not just complain like oh there's not enough culture here. They're like no, we want to create culture. We want to add culture. We want to add value to this place. Yeah. So I definitely don't see myself here forever. But while I'm here. I want to make the most of it. I enjoy the people I know here. I think it's a really cool community. So yeah. It's definitely coming to be more like, I, I use the word gentrified a lot, but like it's just a lot of cultures coming back to Fort Myers, and I think it's really great. Like you see like beer gardens popping up and like yeah. uh, just venues doing concerts and stuff. I think it's really going to become this new mecca for art yeah. in Southwest Florida. Or it could just not. <laughs> or not, either way. No, I could see that, man. I would love that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Play to the Maya. Yeah, what started it? Yeah. So, I've played drums since I was probably 12 or 13 years old. I got my first drum set my 13th birthday, and I was just like, this is what I'm doing with my life. Like, all I wanted to do was play my drum set from age, like, 13 to 17, 18. It was just like... I'm just going to get as good as I can at drumming and see how far I can take it. Like, I played out, you know, four, five nights a week. Um, and it was the thing I was probably most passionate about. And then during that time, I started taking these short trips overseas and kind of doing, like, community development type missions, projects. And just being in the middle of a culture that was totally foreign that I'd never seen before and connecting with people and realizing these people have a totally different world that they grew up in. They see reality completely differently, yet we connect on so easily on such a deep level. And like so much about that, I could go on about that for a year, but so much about that just like lit something inside of me where I became just as, started becoming just as passionate about that, about that work as I was about about music and when I graduated high school you know everyone's talking about graduating high school like I want to go you know tackle the cavities of the world and become a dentist <laughs> I'm gonna go like wait what <laughs> tackle the cavities no like I'm saying like no, there's very that. like there's very like everyone I was around because I did early admission at um, Edison now it's Florida Southwestern yeah but everyone um, in my classes, you know, either wanted to be a dentist or they were going to the medical field or like all these very practical careers and like nothing against those if that's what you're passionate about, like all for you. But for me, I was like, all I wanted to do was go live in Africa like, when I graduated high school. Yeah. So everyone's like, yeah, I want to be a um, chiropractor. What do you want to do? I'm like, I, I don't know. I want to go to Africa to this like mission school for three months. I have no idea what I'm going to go after do after that and you're just like oh all right <laughs> good did luck you, with that did you ever like feel alone so, like in those days because you're, you were the only one that kind of had like a larger than life kind of dream instead of what was like within the confines of like what was around you yeah i i think to me it was definitely kind of inspiring mm-hmm. in a way like there was at the time because i'd already kind of um been immersed in shorter trips. I was connected with people even though they weren't necessarily in the same town. I did have a lot of friends who were kind of stepping out and doing outside of the box endeavors with their lives. Um, 
But there were definitely moments. You know what? I'm not going to say there were moments. There are moments right now where it's like, I feel like there's no cut path for what I want to do with my life. Yeah. Like, I felt I that way. Is, you know? Yeah, I felt <laughs> that way since then. But but there can be some surety, like, okay, I, this is a career that I can make this much money and I can have this salary. And while, like, I believe that, like, stability is mostly just, you know, like, anything could happen in a split second and our entire lives could change. But at the same time, there are certain paths we can take where it's like, I could, I could probably make this much money by this age and I could live in this kind of house and drive this kind of car and be comfortable, you know? Is that what you want? And I've never wanted that, you know? Yeah. And that's the thing. I've never wanted that or I've never had that desire. Like, um, so I would say there were moments that I'd feel alone, but there are also moments where I've kind of felt like against the grain. But also the more, the more that I've traveled and the more that I've met people, I realized that there are a lot of other people. Like, there's a lot of people who who are living against the grain and who don't want to just say like, okay, this is the way that my parents, grandparents, grandparents did it. Um, but I want to kind of carve a new path. And I think right now, especially like people who are in their twenties right now, like with the expansion of media and we can just see the whole world and travel is easier than ever before. I think people are like, I want to actually, I want to actually see the potential my life can hold. I want to see the places I can go and the people I can meet, and I don't want to just kind of stay in in the box in which yeah. was expected of me. You know. Yeah. Um, I feel like we got totally off of flight of yeah, the mind. No, no, I like that. Like, you're, no, I like what you said because I mean, going against the grain and like being someone who who has been in the arts and kind of told that it's impractical and impractical and. Yeah all this self-doubt because of you know it's not what you're meant to do but it's just something you've always been called to do it's there are times when you have like self-doubt and feel alone but i think it's like really yeah. worth it and it adds to the, the pro like the product you're trying to make and it adds to like the depth of what you're doing what you're doing you know go ahead 100 percent Yeah, so I forget where you left off. No, that was a really good way to bring it back. <laughs> I'm He's like done this before. Right now. That's why. It's okay. Burpcast. Yeah, so that was a really good way to bring it back. Um, so my whole point with that was music I was really passionate about. Um, even from just like going on shows, going to shows on the weekend, like I feel like going to shows on the weekend and having music as an outlet really got me through like the hardest points of my life, you know, even through some of just my, this could be a whole nother subject of conversation, <laughs> but like just through a lot of the stuff you go through in between like a, in between like middle school and, you know, early high school and kind of finding if you have value and what drives you in the world and like really the freedom of music just helped me get through so much of those times. So then I started doing all this traveling. Um, like I said, I ended up going to Africa for three months and was just, just thrived. You know, I found myself in jails, African jails, um, just being there and doing worship and showing love to these prisoners and reaching out to like prostitutes 
on the street and like showing them value and they've been told you know they're worth the same amount as someone buying coke you know and just traveling through the bush bush which they call the bush bush because like it's a bush in a bush no matter where you look <laughs> and just like sitting with african mamas and having these amazing conversations and like again i could talk about this way too long but like this meant so much to me but at the same time like i was super bummed because i couldn't take my drum set with me and at the time i was in a band called who is john and we had literally just recorded our first ep and i kind of left that behind when i was in africa and we were planning on me coming back and going full force with this project so then i came back from africa and we had the cd release show and it was really good and we were kind of ready to move forward but then um, i realized there was just more there was more i wanted to experience as far as like the like i felt something in my heart um if you will i felt like god put on my heart that that i wanted to go to central america and actually this this is kind of like an into sounds like an into the wild thing but like, <laughs> but i literally just bought a one-way ticket to christopher mckinley's chris super tramp um but i ended up buying a one-way ticket to central america and i didn't know how long i was there and i sat with chris and michael who was in the band i was like i know we just did this but i really feel like god put on my heart that like this is the next step in my life. Got even more uncanny yeah. <laughs> decision because at least Africa was like a structured thing. This was literally just like busing through Central America, like sleeping on beaches and visiting different missions projects and just kind of really being open to whatever that trip had in store. So that kind of started a period of my life of traveling and missions projects. And then I actually started working with a nonprofit organization and does a lot of work in Nicaragua and helping start a child sponsorship program and all of these experiences but back to um back to the music thing you can go wherever you want yeah. um go into my brain goes a lot of places going, but, no that's like an amazing well, like story <laughs> having backstory i mean I just no it's good but like this around. is all like the spirit of this project honestly because so then the whole point of that is while mm. i was traveling i had that same desire to create and i realized like i do love drumming but also it was just like my outlet of like totally free creative expression. Mm -hmm. And I kind of took that to the notebook, you know, I just started writing and like, I never saw myself um, as a good writer, but I always, I always loved writing. Like me and my buddy, Alex, I think you know Alex. I know Alex, yeah. Me and my buddy, Alex wrote an entire fiction book in middle school in a tree <laughs> fort we built in the woods. Like, so it was like, like nostalgia to the max. Like. <laughs> Crazy. Um, <laughs> I feel like you like to help people though, like yeah. through this, like there's a lot more than just you in it. It's yeah. like you want to, I, I mean, that's just from what I'm hearing. There's like, you have such a big heart to like kind of have it reach somewhere else and just beyond your own like, li like limitations. I don't know. I think you want to change the world. Does that like equate to what you want to do? Because <laughs> I, like, I feel like you want to help people and I think that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I want... I would love this project in some ways to be a like a voice you know to bring people together um, for the hopeless you know for the voiceless for those who um, for those who really feel like they've been silenced you know and like through periods of my life I have felt like I've been silenced you know through even just like middle school walking through depression and then through traveling and meeting 
people who feel like their pain is silenced, you know, like meeting these beautiful families who live in like a plastic bag house in the middle of the mountains. And it's like, who's going to be a voice for them, but then really connecting with them and seeing like, they have this beautiful spiritual connection with God and like just show so much love, you know, they have so much love for each other and just being like a voice for that, you know, like, I know that sounds really vague, but it's kind of, I don't even feel like it's us as the Western world helping, you know, people in need, but it's kind of like more of like a bridge. Like we both have something to learn from each other and kind of connecting those two worlds to this project. So like I said, when I was traveling and I took it to the notebook and I was like writing down a lot of my experiences and I started writing poetry and um, just to kind of like process what I was experiencing. And I feel like that was the birth of this project, Flight of the Maya, you know? Yeah. And the name actually comes from an experience I had. I was, during our travels, I was in Guatemala and I was standing on top of Mayan ruins. I'm standing on top of these ancient Mayan ruins and heard a story about how this entire civilization I was standing on top of literally vanished and no one knows where they went. And like the only thing anyone knows them by are the ruins they left behind. And like that's that's the plight is that like all of our lives are like that. Like all of our lives are just a vapor in the wind. Like all of our lives are mists. And yeah. like, like, <laughs> no, but listen, listen, this is the point though. Like, no, this is, this whole point is like, like when you're saying helping people and like the bigger picture and that's the thing is like, that sounds depressing, but I actually think it's inspiring because it's like, the point isn't my ego. The point isn't myself. The point isn't my life in 7 million. The point is becoming part of something greater than myself. Yeah. And that for me, like when I say like, I'm living for God or I'm living for the kingdom or I'm living, like I really believe I'm living in connection with something that's so much bigger than myself. I'm living, you know what I mean? Like oh God, something that, church. something that's part, that's it's something true, so passionate. taking oh, him to church. Come on. Taking you to church, Joe. Taking you to church right Seriously. now. Seriously. Amen. Good no, God, but like, I really like, I want to like live in, I want to live, I want to live and leave behind something that points people to something that's greater than myself. You know, mm. I want, you know, a message of this connection with this unconditional love and and with the realization that the people around us are our family, you know, and there's just so many of these things that, that have just become really vivid to me, realities that have become really vivid to me, and I want to point to those, you know, and not just not just kind of live like, not just live for this one this one body that I carry around, but realize that there's, there's so much more yeah. and that's the plight. And like, like you were saying, it's funny because it could sound depressing, but I actually feel like to me, like that was, that's the struggle. It was like, is this depressing? Like I'm realizing like my life is so short and my life is like, does it have any meaning? And like, I don't necessarily think, I don't necessarily think that I wouldn't say that my life is meaningless. I would say because, you know, because it's not just about me, I would say it's all the more meaningful because it's taking the mindset of like operating in a body rather as a part of a body rather than as, you know, just what I can do. 
I don't know. I, I feel like <laughs> there's no, a lot no, there's, in that. There's but. something really beautiful in being like so self-aware that how fi- like how finite our lives are because we don't have that much time. Yeah. So because we don't have that much time, I think that makes it that much more meaningful. So I, I mean, I understand it, and I think Luke does too because I mean that's a very human thing. Yeah, but, it's um, a very a very humanitarian effort. Um, and you want to really channel that into, like I said, your your projects. Um, how much of your travels in South America have really like inspired your um, lyrics or your your poetry for the project? Like, is there a lot of um, sp- like geo specific? I want to say um, things about it, or is it more of the whole like you said the whole human like the human thing? The feeling. The of feeling it. of it, yeah. It's honestly both. Yeah. Um, like this one, the one piece that I just, the first um, piece of the project that I released, while it doesn't like specifically reference, you know, Central America or some of my travels abroad, the whole point is like, how are, how are we defining success? And I asked that question through traveling. You know, like, while traveling, I'm like, okay, I'm looking back at how the mass majority of people in my culture define success as, and I'm having all these really impactful experiences that to me feel like like success, yet but that, they're so far outside of the definition. Like, these yeah. seem like, you know, there's a... Um, in the first spoken word piece, I like do this quote, like the success of love is, is in the loving. It's not in the result of loving. And like, just kind of like, even that mentality, like the success of something is in the, the moment of it and the essence of it. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's totally different from a tro- product, uh, product driven society. It's you know? not materialistic. Yeah. Like, and I, sorry, I talked to you. No, keep going. <laughs> okay, I don't know, I don't know, no. I don't want to, like, over, overstep, but it's no, just, I like, like it. um, yeah, that's, like, it hits the nail on the head with thinking back to, like, what success means, and I think even if you're poor, you're rich, just because of, like, who you've met, and who you've, and what you've seen, because, because life is so short, and we do die one day, that that's what you're left with, and it's not, you know, the materialistic yeah. aspect of, like, money, a white picket fence, you know, I mean, yeah. Yeah, and there's there's actually a line in <clears throat> in a spoken word piece that I haven't recorded or anything yet, mm-hmm. but it's there's this man I met um, in he was working in a garbage dump in Nicaragua. Like, I actually lived in a community for two and a half months with a family across the street from a garbage dump, and a lot of people in that community made their living by like sorting through garbage. So I know these people like very well personally. And there was a guy working and he was on break and I was talking to him and he told me like, I'd rather be rich. No, he told me I'd rather be poor and have a rich heart than rich and have a poor heart. Right. Like this guy, like this guy sitting on break. I was like, yo, did you get that from like a Hallmark card? Did you like find it? Did you, did you find like a Gandhi quote somewhere? Like, that's crazy to me, man. Yeah. Like, that's so crazy to me that this guy could say that sitting, 
you know, on the side of of burning trash that he has to spend his days. Well, like I used, I worked 10 hour construction days and halfway through those days, I was like, yeah, <laughs> like, man, I'm like, <laughs> and this man you know, and this guy's crazy. like literally working in, in burning garbage, yeah. you know, and can still say something like that. And like, I really honestly believe that he meant it, you know, it yeah. wasn't, him just trying to sound good like that came from came from who he was i mean he didn't know you so he yeah. had nothing to prove and nothing yeah. to i mean yeah there's nothing no it's good and from living with because uh they don't know. Okay. and from like living with a family in like i lived with a family in it's like the community across the street from that garbage dump i lived with a family there for two and a half months and like i can very much say that like the joy is not a show when when the white people come, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, when the foreigners come, like, it's real, yeah. <laughs> you know? They really do have, um, they've tapped into something that, like, it's hard for us to understand mm -hmm. in, in our culture, you know? Yeah. I mean, what do you think about their lives make it different? sort of different? Like, we're, we're sort of blind yeah. in this culture to, like, the blessings that we have. What do you think gives them that sort of enlightenment? Yeah. I'm trying to think of, like, the most, I guess, um, essential or the most, because I think there's a lot of things, you know yeah. what I mean? I think you could, like, socially analyze it <laughs> in, like, a, in, like, a book. Sure, in, like, yeah. a book. But I'll, I'll just say one thing that I noticed is it's, like, there's not this expectation that, like, like, for us, if if the air goes out right now in this room we're sitting in, there's this expectation, like, I deserve air conditioning, you know? Yeah. And we're, you know, freaking out. Or if you work at Starbucks, like all of us, if there's no whipped cream. <laughs> Which is yeah. the actual worst. Like, people... And it's <laughs> our existence. Yeah. Like, if we run out of whipped cream, there's this expectation, like, I deserve this whipped cream. Yeah. The customers deserve whipped you know, cream. You know, like... They deserve caramel drizzle. And I'm not gonna... They fucking do Don't it. Don't even get me started on Don't pumpkin spice. Don't even get me started on pumpkin spice. <laughs> you tell them we're out of pumpkin spice, they're like... Yeah, we literally all no. work at Starbucks, and this is hilarious. <laughs> this is hilarious. Only Starbucks. So I like, think, but I think, too, like, not to, but just yeah. to interject, but yeah, it's just, sure. um, there's a lot more, I feel like there's, they, they have a lot more of a suppressed society, suppressed society, and they come from being, having, like, these really total, like, totalitarian governments, and they haven't yeah. really had a voice, and whereas we're born into it, and, you know, we're more progressive, we're more progressive, where it's like, it's Use your voice. Your voice is important. Your voice is yeah, important. Yeah. Say what you want to say. Like you know, your choices matter. Whereas that was never kind of a thing. Like in like because in Guat and like Guatemala and Nicaragua and Nicaragua, only recently have they kind of started to come back into their own. And you know, so I think it's also just like a cultural thing where when you grow up in it and you think you deserve it because that's what people have told you, then yeah. it's easy to just expect that. Yeah, definitely. I, I just noticed like an appreciation for for what was there, you know. And if I lived with, I was with a family of like six people, mm -hmm. and like dirt floors, tin roof, and like literally all shared this bucket shower, which was like 
this corner in the kitchen that had tile on the dirt floor that you poured like a bucket of water over your head. Right, yeah. And, like, no one fought over the shower. <laughs> like, they all just took turns with the shower and, like, laughed. And You've been in there too long. It was hilarious because, like, I would complain, like, like in a joking way, like, oh, the water's so cold. And, yeah. like, you think they'd be like, oh, we feel so bad. No, they literally, they were the one family in the neighborhood who had ice because they sold ice. Yeah. Um, and they would scrape it off the side, like, ice off the side of their freezer and fill it in water, and they would pour it on me over the shower (laughs) just to, like, make a joke out of it. And they just, like, found moments for, like, laughter and joy, and they, like, really enjoyed each other's company. Yeah. Um, There's just, like, different mindsets about really just enjoying what is there instead of seeking for more. I'll tell you one more little thing on that point. Yeah, go for it. You can cut out whatever you want to cut out because I'm rambling so much. I talk so much. I'm, like, my laugh's embarrassing to cut that out. It's just going to be all you no. It's just going to be all me laughing. Joey's not even in it. I all his, like, <laughs> spiritual wisdom is just gone. No, I could talk for ages. That's Same. the problem. But, like, my subjects would jump drastically. <laughs> that's why it's, it's that's why writing is so great for me. Because when I write, I can put thoughts in an order in one place. Yeah. When I'm talking, it's like, pew. I think it all relates back, um, though. So, I mean. Yeah, no. Go ahead. You guys feel that way. So a man that I met in a coffee shop in Nicaragua told me the story um, that he had a friend who owned a hot dog stand. Yeah. <laughs> and he would talk to this guy every morning um, on his way to work. And the, the guy I met was a foreigner who had moved to Nicaragua to start a business. And he talked to this guy who owned a hot dog stand, say hi to him almost every morning. And... Um, there was this Nicaraguan holiday and there was a big parade and he walked by this man um, during the Nicaraguan holiday and he asked him how's business going and he said oh business is going great I've only been working I've only been working like an hour and I've made half as much as I normally make in an entire day and and you know the guy in the coffee shop, he was like, wow, like, that's incredible. Like, you've only worked an hour. Like, you're going to make, like, a couple weeks. You're going to make like, a week or whatever, whatever the math is, wages. You're yeah. going to make so much in a day. He's like, no, I'm not. He's like, why not? He's like, I'm going to make as much as I make in a day. I'm going to go home. I'm going to get my family, and we're going to go enjoy the parade together. And <laughs> that mindset, as, like, simple as that story is, that yeah. mindset is a mindset that says, like, I'm going to – have what I need and then I'm going to go enjoy my family. Like I'm going to go enjoy the people around me. It's awesome. And I think an American would have a hard time. I, I hate like sounding like I'm being stereotypical. I'm having animosity towards America or like because I don't. Like I love you know the people I grew up around and like it's just a different culture. It's just a different culture, yeah. Um but taking the mindset of like I want to make as much as I can and I'm going to you know capitalize on this opportunity instead of saying like no I'm just going to make make what I need and then go spend time with my family you know yeah so I thought that's kind of a cool shows a cool you know maybe different mindset that I've seen be true to a lot of people in Central America Where's this interview going next? 
Even I don't know. But we're definitely going to find out next week as we continue our interview with Joey from Flight of the Maya. Full Pulp is produced and edited by me, Luke Janke, general manager of Eagle Radio, who, as of this week, is currently putting together their first episode of their flagship show, Unfiltered, is Simone Nelzi. Special thanks to this week's co-host, Katie Feel, who wants everyone to know she enjoys long walks on the beach, drama, toe hair, and taking things that don't belong to her. Editor's note, that's called stealing. Please return my microphone cables. Full Pulp is distributed by Eagle News Media, 